Thank you for joining us today on the Hope Church LV podcast. We are excited that you came across this message. The sermon you're about to listen to is from our current teaching series, When God Speaks. Here is our foundational statement. If God is really God and we are really His, then learning how to hear and respond to His voice is central to our lives as followers of Jesus. If you are joining us for the first time, I wanna be the first to say, welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead and open up the Hope Church LV app or visit hopechurchlv.com and click connect with us to fill out a short digital connection card. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread hope to the world. Once again, thanks for joining us today. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. So glad you've joined us today. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I think at some point we're going to get the lights up so I can see whoever is here today. Hey, there we go. Praise God. Uh, So glad you've joined us. Uh, If I haven't met you, my name is Scott. I would love the opportunity to meet you. I know each week we have new people join us here at Hope. So I'll be in the lobby after service. I would love the chance to meet you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to be there in just a little bit. But as we start, I want to ask a question that requires a little bit of classroom participation. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask a question. And if it applies to you, go ahead and raise your hand. I want to know how many people in the room speak more than one language. Go ahead and raise your hand. Wow. Some bilingual folks in the house. Uh, I just want to tell you, I think it's amazing when people can speak more than one language. I feel like there's a lot of times I struggle sometimes with English words, and you have a lot more than that in another language. I saw this uh, online this week that I thought was really funny for for our introduction today. It's it's one of those, um, it was from one of those meme accounts that I know most of us follow. If you don't know what a meme account is, don't even worry about it. But um, it, it, it just, for those of us that know what it is, it just gives us some chuckles throughout the day. It was from a meme account, and it said this. It said, if you speak more than one language, and specifically, if English was your second language, I have tremendous respect for you. He said, because if it were me, as soon as I saw the word yacht, I would have given up. (laughs) I mean, seriously, how on earth is that pronounced yacht? (laughs) I thought, man, that is so true. And if you knew that word from learning English, then you are my hero because that doesn't make any sense. And there's nobody in the room that can convince me grammatically that makes sense. But language is hard. I took two years of language in, uh, in high school. I took two years of Spanish. Um, and I don't remember anything. Uh, I remember a few phrases, actually a few words, not even a few phrases. There's actually only one phrase that I remember. And it's an interesting phrase that now I actually find myself asking in my house a lot with my four kids. And here's the phrase. Dondes estus pantalones. <laughs> Some of you guys know what that means. Actually, I... I ask my kids a lot, where are your pants? And even though I thought I knew what that meant, on Thursday night I had a lady come up to me. She said, actually, you, you didn't say it right. And I'm like, man, though, some of you are like, yeah, we know. The, the one phrase I thought I had, it's, it's donde están tus pantalones. I think that is how you, I don't say where is your pants, it's where are your pants. So even the one phrase that I thought I had, I didn't quite have. 
See, when I went to Germany for college, I went there for three months. I tried to learn German. I don't know if anybody speaks German in here, hard language. But I got there on the ground. I knew I was going to be there for three months. I'm going to learn this language. And I started to try to figure it out. And as I began to try to have some conversations in German, a few things happened that I think you probably can relate with. First time that I tried to, to have a conversation, I began to, to doubt my ability. And so I became very uncomfortable and immediately looked for a translator. Like, ah, I don't know what to do here. I'm uncomfortable. Where is the translator? Second thing that happened to me is, again, I would try to, to, to stumble my way through this conversation. And honestly, if you've been in that situation, it just starts to feel really awkward. And so because of the awkwardness, you just kind of bail. You're like, um. Walk away. I don't know how to have this conversation. And still a third kind of thing that would happen is even if I had the confidence and I felt like a couple months in, I was starting to be able to go to the store and order my food or whatever it is, I would think I nailed it. I said something, I nailed it. And then the, the response that I got back, the facial expression or the look, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I didn't quite get it right. Did, did I not do it right? And again, I would doubt my abilities, doubt what was happening. The reason I bring that up today is I believe there's some people in the room who feel that exact way when it comes to having conversations with God. This idea of, of conversations with God for followers of Jesus can be so mysterious. Some of you are just like I am when I was trying to speak German. You feel like you're speaking German to the God of the universe. And maybe those three ways apply to the way you talk to God. It feels uncomfortable. You're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me bring in a translator. Where's my pastor? Where's my, my Christian friend who knows more than I do that can help me do this? Still for others of you, you stumble your way through and it just feels really awkward and you've just kind of bailed on the whole idea because you can't get past how it feels awkward. And yet still others of us, maybe like me, you can get insecure when you're talking to God and, and you doubt whether or not you're getting the response that you think you're getting. I mean, you ever been there where you, you're talking to the Lord or you're reading the Bible and, and you feel like you're getting a response and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> Is this, is this God speaking to me? But then my pessimistic mind takes over. It's like, no, that's not God speaking. That's your own mind speaking, right? Is this God speaking? Is this my own mind speaking? Is what's going on in my body? Is this the burrito that I had for breakfast just kind of stirring up in me? And you start to doubt the response. If you've ever felt any of that, like I have, I believe God may have a word for you today that I'm really, really excited for you to hear. I hope you lean in. We're in a, the second week of a series we're calling When God Speaks. We just kind of had it on our heart as we start a new year to talk about this idea of how to recognize and respond to the voice of God when he speaks, because we believe God still speaks. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go online and, and catch up with the message. But we said this, that if God is really God, and he is, and we are really his people as his followers, then learning how to discern the voice of God in our lives should be of utmost importance. If he is really who he says he is, and we are really who he says he is, then we should learn how to communicate and respond and recognize his voice. So last week, we started by asking the question, why is it so important that we listen to God's voice? So by way of review, I wanna put the, the two statements we talked about last week. We should, we should, would, 
would listen to God because of these two reasons. First, we've been invited into an active relationship with God. Pastor Ricky just prayed those same verses. Ask, seek, and knock. This is an active thing we've been invited into. But not only that, we should listen because we've been promised active responses from God. He promises. Bank on it. He will speak to his kids. So that's why we should listen. And today I hope to be extremely practical. We have prayed. We prayed in the back. I've been praying all weekend that that you would walk out of here just filled up with the reality that God desires to speak to you. But the question we have to ask is how? How does God speak? We believe he still does, but how does he speak? speak. Again, my heart for this series, our heart for this series is not that we would just get some more Bible knowledge in our minds. This is not the goal of today that you would just get some more principles in your head. It would be something that would actually begin to be lived out of your life in practice. So we want to be very practical today. Say it's not just about intellectual comprehension. (laughs) Done enough of that. We've played enough church. We've sat in enough services. Just fill our minds with things How does this stuff actually start to live out of our lives? So it's not just intellectual comprehension. Today, we want to talk about how to to have intimate conversation with God. And how does he speak? So with that on the table, I want to give us a few reasons and, and ways that God speaks. Here's the first one. God speaks through his son. I can kind of feel in the room that's not exactly the first thing you thought was going to go on the screen. God speaks through his son. What does it mean that he speaks through his son? Well, the book of Hebrews will help us out. In fact, the very first words of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one, verse one says this. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his, say it out loud, son. In these last days, in the beginning, he, he, he'd spoken prophets in the Old Testament. That's how he spoke. But in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son, by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. You see, the Bible would, would show this refrain that God speaks to us through his son. To give us some more context and to talk about this is, I'm going to say one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is Romans 11, verse 36. If you're an underliner in your Bible, I highly recommend you underline Romans 11:36. 36. For from him, this is the Son, this is Jesus Christ himself. For from him and through him and to him are all things. What did that just say? Everything that is, everything that exists, all of creation exists for one purpose. The glory of of Jesus Christ. Everything exists for the glory of Jesus. All creation is about Jesus, including every word that God would say to us. He is the ultimate word of God. That's why John 1.1, some of you students of the Bible know exactly what John 1.1 says. It says this, in the beginning was the word. What does that mean? Does that mean the Bible? That, That doesn't mean the Bible. If you notice in your Bible, it's a capital W. It's the Greek word logos, the truth of God. We know this is talking about Jesus himself. Why? Because 13 verses later, it says that that same word became flesh in John 1.14 and dwelt among us. See, the word of God, the ultimate word of God is Jesus. In fact, in multiple occasions, Jesus would tell the people that were following him that all of the scriptures testify about him. That's a bold claim if you're not God. (laughs) 
Everything that you've ever read or, or been written about the Messiah, everything in all of the scripture, that's about me. See, Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus, God animates and defines every other word he would say to us. It's all about Jesus. He speaks to us through his son. That's why when we encourage brand new followers of Jesus to begin reading the Bible, if you come to Hope, we're going to tell you, I just started following Jesus. Where should I start? We're always going to tell you to start in one of the Gospels. Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books in the New Testament. Why do we have people who are just starting to follow Jesus read the Gospels? Or even if you've been following Jesus for years, we always tell you don't stray too far from the Gospels. Why? Because God speaks to us through his son. And it's the life of Jesus. We read the life of Jesus through these books of the Bible. In fact, we read of the good news of the gospel clearly spelled out in these books of the Bible. What is the gospel? If you're new to Jesus today or you're new to church today, the Bible would speak of this story, this good news that, that you and I are separated from God because of our sin. But Jesus came to this earth, God in the flesh, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for the sin of the world, rose again three days later, and now stands ready to save anyone that would come to him for salvation from their sins. God speaks to us through his son. You see, the, the song of creation is now echoing the, the story of this saving son. Why? How? Because God speaks in this way, constantly putting on display the work and life of Jesus. You say, how? How do I practically hear him speak through his son? And that's where will probably be where most of you thought was, was going to go on the screen. God speaks to us through his word. This is the written word of God. We understand God speaks to us through his word. The reason we put the son first is because the Bible seems to do that. But how and where do we read of the life and ministry and salvation of Jesus? It's his written word. And I love the scripture that I asked you to turn to that we're going to just dive into for a little bit in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 gives us such an amazing picture of how God speaks to us through his word. In verse 16, I'll pick it up if it's, on, if it's on the screen, if you don't have your copy of the scriptures. Here's what God says in his word. All scripture. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture. We're going to take just a few minutes and dive deep into every word of this verse. All scripture is breathed out by God. It's a word that literally means to be breathed out, to, to be given to us from God. God speaks to us through his word. It's given to us from God. And it says here that it's, it's profitable. See, so many people look at the Bible as this old, dead, ancient book that has no relevance for my life. Well, the Bible is extremely profitable. It's profitable to do many, many things. This is not just an old book of pithy sayings. It's a, it's a living book that can change your life if you get in it. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. It talks about this idea of living. I love the way the New Living Translation put it. For the word of God is, is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. 
It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Wow, that's a sentence. The word of God exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Let me ask you a question. What else in your life can do that? Who else in your life can do that? I don't care if it's your best friend that you went to elementary school with, that you've still been best friends with your whole life. They can't expose their innermost thoughts and desires. My wife, she's over here on the first couple rows. Like she's known me since I was 17 years old. (laughs) She's seen me grow. We've grown up together in so many ways and she knows everything about me. But here's, let me tell you what my wife cannot do that the word of God can do. Expose my innermost thoughts and desires. See, this is a living book that God uses to speak to his children. This is no ordinary book on your bookshelf like so many of us treat it. This is no Harry Potter or Shakespeare or the best leadership book on the bestseller list today. This is a book that can change you if you let it. It can change you because it's living and active. And it says here, he wants to speak to us in multiple ways that I just want to take word by word. It says, first, it's profitable for teaching. God's word teaches us. It's a word that means truth, instruction, doctrine. We don't always like what it says, but it's the truth. We don't always like what it says, but it will teach us. You see, we live in a world that would like to say truth is is relative. Meaning truth is like a a big ball of Play-Doh, right? You can just take it and kind of mold it to fit whatever you want it to look like. If you want your truth to be this way, mold your truth to fit this circumstance or mold your truth to fit this kind of lifestyle. But the Bible would say truth is not relative. There is absolute truth. And his name is Jesus. And he's given us a book as our standard for truth. One of my favorite rappers, a guy named Lecrae, one of his older songs, I love how he talked about relative truth. It's just, it's, it's so insightful. He said this in a song. He said, what if my truth says your truth is a lie? Is it still true? <laughs> like if all truth is relative, what if my truth says your truth is a lie? Which one is true? See, we can't just walk through this world thinking truth is all relative. We have the truth. And the Bible says it is Jesus. And he's given us his word as a standard for truth, for, for doctrine. Everything we know about God, we, we get from the word of God. Everything we learn about our, our, be, our be beliefs and our doctrine, we get from the pages of Scripture. But it's not just doctrinal truth, it's, it's practical truth. So many people don't think this book is relevant for their lives, but it shows that what we believe should translate into, into my marriage, into my parenting, into my work, into my school, and into whatever it is that I'm doing in life. The Bible would speak to that because it's living and active. We can stand on the truth. It teaches us, but it doesn't just teach us. See, God speaks through his word and the God's word calls us out, calls us out. Where do I get that? It says it's profitable for teaching and for reproof. That word reproof means convincing us of error. See, this is actually a reason a lot of people don't like to read the Bible. (laughs) I know what that says, so I'm gonna keep it over here, but here's what I wanna try to convince you of for just a moment. It is good to be called out because it's exactly in being called out that we walk in the wholeness of what he desires for us. See, there's things in our lives that if we, if we let them, they will infect our lives and lead to a place we don't wanna be, but the Bible would call us out. 
I thought about in my life, whenever I get a splinter, I don't know about you guys, but like I am such a baby when it comes to anything with my hands, like such a baby. Something happens with my hands. And so my wife knows if I, if I get a, a splinter, I'm gonna come to her and say, I got a splinter. <laughs> and I know I'm gonna cry and scream because she's gonna get those pesky little tweezers out. She's gonna dig up in my finger to get that splinter out. Why on earth would I let her do that? Because if we're honest, sometimes a splinter, you just let it sit, it'll be fine. <laughs> And then you snag it on something and you realize that it's there and you realize that it can lead to infection. So what do I do? I ask my wife and it's the worst thing ever to get those tweezers and get that thing out of my finger because I know it's not good for me. God's word would be like the, the tweezers of the Lord that he would get in that spot that maybe doesn't feel bad all the time, but one, every once in a while it snags into your life and you know this is not good for me. And God's word will get up in your life and call you out. It may be painful, but it's what you need. I love that God doesn't just call us out. He doesn't just, just show us what's wrong. It also says God's word corrects us. It's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction. So it's not just you are wrong. It's let me show you what's right. Correction is this idea of, of setting straight or setting right. It's the picture of a good coach. See, a bad coach just screams from the sidelines. You're doing it wrong. But a good coach says, it's not this, it's this. So I don't just want to call you out on the bad. I want to show you what is good and right and beautiful. And God's word does that in our lives. And here's the hard part for us. As he corrects, we should obey. Like a good student to a coach, if you are corrected, you, you make a change. We are corrected by the Lord and we obey and Here's the funny part about obedience. It's almost like the more we obey, the more he seems to speak. The more we follow in what he's saying, the more my ears are open to what he has to say in the future. As he corrects, we obey and he responds in more speaking. God's word teaches us. It calls us out. It corrects. It also trains us. God's word trains us. It says, for training in righteousness. I don't have time to unpack this word in the original language, but it's a beautiful word. And it actually speaks to this idea that this isn't just supposed to be in your head. This isn't just, he wants you to know a bunch of more things. It's a training for, for righteousness, for godly living, for it actually living out of your life. This is what is available in the word of God. And yet so many followers of Jesus put it on a shelf and never open it up. There's no class you have to take to, to have this accessible to you. There's no levels of spiritual maturity that you have to get to before you can open the word of God. And in fact, most of you, if not all of you, have it on your phone right now in like a million different languages. And yet so few of us read it. Let me ask you a question. Hearing all the things and all the ways that God wants to speak to you through his word, why would anyone not take him up on that? I mean, what an invitation from the God of the universe. He desires to speak to you through his word. Why would, would you not take him up on that? I love how Diedrich Bonhoeffer said it when it comes to this idea of hearing from God. When you read the Bible, you must think that here and now, God is speaking with me. Why would you not open the pages of scripture and allow him to do so? 
Again, I said I wanted to make this practical. So, so maybe you're here today and say, okay, I'm convinced. How? how I've struggled with this idea of how to spend time with God. How do I spend time in God's word? Let me make it as bottom shelf for you as possible. Lean in. I'm about to tell you in three steps how to do this. Here's the first one. It's really important. It's a really big deal. Read your Bible. <laughs> we want to complicate it. I don't know what to do. Read your Bible. <laughs> If you don't know where to start, start in, just like we said, the Gospels. Specifically, I encourage you to start in the Gospel of Mark. Why? Because as a church, we're on and off studying verse by verse through the Gospel of Mark for the next like four years. Study Mark. You think I'm joking? <laughs> Catch you in 2028, okay? <laughs> Read his words. Start in Mark. Literally tomorrow, maybe, maybe later on this afternoon, Mark 1-1, just start. And here's the next step. As you're reading, sit and ask God what he may be saying to you. See, a lot of times we have a plan that has to go through the whole chapter or something. We're like reading for as if there's a race or something. Listen, maybe you read one verse and you don't understand it. And so you just go, okay, God, I want to understand your word. I understand you're speaking to me in your word. So yes, read your Bible, but also don't just read it like it's a race. Read it and say, God, what, may you be, what might you be saying to me this morning, this evening? Sit and ask God what he has to say to you. And then here's the third and most important step. Repeat it every day. Repeat it every day. See, a lot of people just read the Bible one time and expect it to be this aha moment and then we'll revisit it in a couple months. Consistency is key. Spiritual maturity is not a fast pass. You don't just read one time and become all that you want to be. God desires not just for you to check a box every day, but for you to enjoy a relationship with him. So just like I don't want to talk to my wife once and then see you in a couple weeks, it's a relationship that's cultivated. So read your Bible. Ask him what he may have for you and repeat the process over and over and over again. And I believe because I've seen it and there's so many people in this room that have seen it, that in that practice, God will speak to you. There's a second way or third way God speaks to us. God speaks to us through his spirit. God speaks to us through his son. God speaks to us through his word. And God speaks to us through his spirit. When Jesus was getting ready to, to die on the cross for the sin of the world and, and rise again and ascend to the Father, he began dropping hints to his disciples about what was next. He began to tell his disciples specifically who was going to guide them in the future. Or another way to say it is how would God continue to speak? We read about it in John 14, 26. Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. God speaks to us through his spirit. And we see many ways in scripture that he does this. The first, God speaks to us through his spirit in you. This is an amazing truth that I hope every once in a while you thank the Lord for. If you are a follower of Jesus, the amazing doctrinal truth about your life is that the Bible says God in the form of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Some of you are like, ah, if you knew my week, man, I don't know if God lives here. <laughs> That's the beautiful part about this doctrine. It has nothing to do with your performance, but all in your position as a follower of Jesus. Ephesians says that you have been sealed for the day of redemption by the promised Holy Spirit. 
God lives in you as a follower of Jesus. And as he lives in and through you, you can hear from him. God the Spirit will speak to you in you. How does he primarily do this? I've seen in my life he primarily does this through prayer. A conversation with God. And I don't know about you, but I constantly need to be reminded of something. So this may be new for some of you, but probably a reminder for most is that this prayer is not a monologue. (laughs) Prayer is a dialogue. If you're like me, a lot of times I forget this truth and I make it a monologue. What's a monologue? One person speaking and nobody else. God, let me just tell you everything I need and then I gotta go. (laughs) Again, think about your own friendships. If you had a friend that never let you talk, all they ever did was talk, 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 talk. Okay, I got to go see you. It's like, this is not a relationship. This is a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue, meaning God desires to speak to you through prayer. I need to be reminded of this because I so often forget. I thought this week about a time then. I started meeting with this older gentleman named Doug. He started to become kind of a mentor in my life. I, I began to ask, you know, ask him for counsel and just a, a godly voice into my life probably about a year ago. And I remember I was really excited probably the second or third time I met with Doug. I was really excited to tell him uh, a new practice that I began in my life. I began the practice with some friends of mine of, of fasting and prayer. So once a week, we would fast for the day. We wouldn't eat. And, and instead of eating, when we got hungry, we would pray. We would go to the Lord and say, we're here, we're fasting, we're praying. And I couldn't wait to tell Doug of this new practice. Because I, I, I planned this day where I didn't eat. And instead, I, I had this prayer walking loop. And I just went and talked to the Lord. And it was a beautiful time. It really was. And so I couldn't wait to tell Doug about it. Showed up at our meeting right at Mothership Coffee. And I said, Doug, I can't wait to tell you about this new practice. I love it. Me and my friends are doing it. I can't wait to continue in it. And I, I, I didn't eat. And so I was hungry. And so I went and walked this prayer loop, this prayer walking loop. And I talked to the Lord. And it was amazing. He just kind of looked at me and said, that's awesome, man. It's great. Let me ask you a question, Scott. In all your talking to God through prayer, how much did you let God talk to you? Hmm. Zero. (laughs) I did not. And it was a moment for me to be reminded of the fact that God desires to speak to me through the Holy Spirit in me. But if you're like me, man, listening can be so hard. (laughs) So easy to go, God, amen. But to stop and to listen This is going to surprise everybody in the room, but in every relationship in my life, I am the talkative one, okay? (laughs) I know. It's surprising. I'm the one that's like, I'm the one. Like, I've been told so many times it hurts. I'm not a good listener. And that's with human beings right in front of me, let alone God. Right? Come on, we feel this. To make matters worse, there's so much noise and activity and to-dos and kids everywhere and Netflix and NFL playoffs. Come on, somebody. And all the things that just fill my mind. How am I supposed to listen? And then, of course, there's this pesky, beautiful, but terrible computer in my pocket that just never stops buzzing or beeping. Listening for God to speak through prayer is hard. And I was challenged this week as I prepared, how often am I really in a posture and position in my life to actually hear God speak, even if he wanted to, 
And he does want to. But even, even if he did in my life, do I, do I have a position and a posture where I could actually hear him? Or am I just all around the noise constantly that I would never even be able to hear it? That's why Henry Nouwen, love how Henry Nouwen said it. He said, we are usually surrounded by such much, so much inner and outer noise that it is hard to truly hear our God when he is speaking to us. It's so hard to listen so hard to create space to hear. That's why at Hope, we try to be very intentional. We just did it in our service, taking seven to 10 minutes in our services each week to create a space where we can just hear and respond to the voice of God. That's why I hope you're planning on joining us next Sunday, a week from today at 6.30. Hope you're planning, listen, I know Sunday nights are hard for me and my family too, but we wanna make it a priority at Hope Church to be about creating space to hear and respond to God. We're gonna do it corporately in corporate prayer. Yes, we're gonna to talk to God, but we're also gonna have moments where we just listen. God, what do you have to say to us? If you're like me, I always want God to make a scene about it. Be loud, like don't, don't make any bones about it, God. Make yourself known in a powerful way. I find a lot of resemblance with the Old Testament prophet Elijah. Some of you have heard this story, but in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah desired to hear from God, like a lot of us desire to hear from God. And so God leads him out to this mountain. And it's an incredible story. I encourage you to go, listen, or go read this in 1 Kings 19 later. In 1 Kings 19, he gets led out to this mountain and it's this beautiful landscape and he's expecting to hear God speak. Here we go. The Bible says this massive windstorm picks up. And boulders start falling off the mountain. Like there's a ma massive landslide right in front of this guy. It's like, whoa. The Bible says very clearly, but the Lord was not in the wind. Then right after that, an earthquake happens. Like, okay, that, that's not enough. Like an earthquake starts rumbling around him. More rocks are falling. This is getting scary. Whoa. Clearly says that the Lord was not in the earthquake. Now, Elijah's more spiritual than me because if a landslide happened in front of me and an earthquake, I'm out. I'm going to talk to you later, God. I'm leaving. <laughs> but he stays. Right afterwards, a fire erupts. I guess a forest fire. We don't know all the details, but a fire happens. And it says very, very clearly, the Lord was not in the fire. See, that's how I am. I'm expecting the wind and the earthquake and the fire. I'm looking at all these different places for the voice of God. But some of you know the story. First Kings says, after the fire came a gentle whisper. Other translations, a still, small voice. See, Elijah was looking for God's voice in all these other ways, but God desired to speak to him inwardly in a gentle whisper. And how many of us are missing out on the voice of God in us through the spirit of God because there's just so much noise and we're looking to all the wrong places for it praying that God would allow us to see that gentle whisper in our lives. So he speaks to us through his spirit in us, but also his spirit in others, his spirit in others. We got to hustle so we can get out of here today, but all over scripture, we see God speaking through other people. In times past, he sent prophets to literally tell people of God's coming judgment. But just like we saw after Jesus, he sends the spirit of God to indwell all followers of Jesus. So we understand that there's a bunch of followers of Jesus around us right now and hopefully in our lives that can encourage us and challenge us and counsel us. The Holy Spirit of God desires to do that through them into our lives. There's a lot of verses we could talk about, but my favorite, because it feels to be the most applicable in my life is Proverbs 15. 
Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. To make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season. How good it is. We could probably take hours to go around the room and talk about how you have been encouraged with a word in season through a Holy Spirit indwelt believer of Christ in your life as you sat across the coffee table, as you sat in the living room at small group, as you went to lunch with the, the Holy Spirit just spoke through other people as you sought counsel. I have been so blessed by people in my life. I'm looking around the room and seeing a couple in here right now that God has used in a powerful way to speak into my life. God speaks through his people. Now, as we close, I, I know some of you are thinking, whoa, 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 this is dangerous. You start talking about God speaking through people. I've seen that go very, very badly. And I just want to say, I agree. And I want to be sensitive to some people in the room that you've, you've been hurt by this idea. Somebody looked at you in a, a demeaning, authoritative way, said, I have a word from you from God. It's been hurtful and destructive in your life. I understand that is true. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't desire to speak to us in this way. So how do we, how do we navigate it? If we understand that, that, that God speaks to us still, how do we navigate it? Well, the first thing we always do is every time we're talking about this, we always do it with our Bible open. The Bible is infallible. The Bible is without error. Human beings are very fallible and very with error. So how do we navigate when, when God speaks to us through another believer in Christ? How do we navigate it? Well, I just finished a book that I loved on this topic of hearing from God. It's by a man named Pete Gregg. He is uh, the founder of a, a, a ministry called 24-7 Prayer. He's in the United Kingdom. And he gave what he's called the ABCs of discerning God's voice. And I want to give them to you very quickly. The ABCs of discerning God's voice. If you get a word from the Lord as you're talking to God in prayer and you feel like, is this a word from God or somebody's speaking a word into your life and over coffee and a follower of Jesus is just lovingly counseling you in something, go through the ABCs. He says, first, is it affirming? Does this word fulfill the criteria of 1 Corinthians 14 by, by strengthening and encouraging and comforting and edifying and upbuilding? Look back to 1 Corinthians 14 and, and ask the question, is this affirming of what God has already said? And then B, is it biblical? Is this word consistent with scripture? And this is important, not just a specific verse taken out of context. The arc of scripture, is this consistent with the Bible? And then the sea, is this Christ-like? Is this word consistent with the character, mission, and message of Jesus seen in scripture? This is just a, a really helpful filter. And what do these three have in common? They all have to do with making sure we go back to the word of God, the Bible. Is it affirming? Is it biblical? Is it Christ-like? Remember, we, we said it last week, but it bears repeating. If anyone tells you they have a word for you right now that in any way opposes or undermines this word of God, it is not a word of God. It is not from God. Any right now word that the Lord gives us will always edify this book. It will never edit it. So we always need to do and, and, and receive these things with our Bibles open. But God does speak in this way. He speaks through his spirit in us. He speaks through his spirit in others. And lastly, he speaks through his spirit in creation. One more verse before we respond. Psalm 19, the, the heavens declare, the statement, the, the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. 
Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't feel like God's speaking to me in these ways. Maybe the best thing you can do this week is go on a walk. Early in the morning, I know it's cold. <laughs> Bundle up. And for me, I, it's been so helpful to take my eyes off my little five-inch iPhone screen and look up at what God has made because the Bible just said that speaks to his glory. Best thing you can do this week is go on a walk and gaze at a sunset or a sunrise and say, God, I'm in it right now. I'm going through it right now, Lord, but I'm looking up at these beautiful, beautiful clouds and this sunrise and this sunset. And the Bible says that's speaking about your glory and your goodness. And even though it doesn't feel very good right now, I'm banking on that word from the universe today that says you are who you say you are. You're speaking. See, so many of us, we walk through life with our heads down, inwardly thinking, inwardly doubting. Today, the, the call from the word of God is to lift our eyes. Lift our eyes to what God has already said in his word. Read, get in the scriptures, spend time with the word of God. Or for some of you, it's, it's getting some people around you that filled up with the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you right now, you have nobody in your life that loves the Lord that you have no way of receiving counsel and, and what God may want to encourage or, or speak into your life through other followers of Jesus, maybe that's your response. Man, I got to get some community around me. I got to get in the word. I got to get some community around me. Maybe for you, you, you heard the call today that you just need to start looking at how to undistract your life because there's so much going on around you, earthquakes and winds and fires. They may not be actual physical catastrophes, but there's earthquakes and winds and fires in your house. And you're not even in a posture to hear that still small voice. How many times do you carve away to say, God, I'm silent right now. Speak to me. Because he desires to speak to you. The spirit of God in you. In those quiet moments, what might he say? How might he change your heart on that thing that you're trying to figure out on your own strength? Maybe release that strength with open hands and say, God, I, I want to come to you and ask you, what do you have to say about this situation? God, I'm going to open your word today. Would you speak into this very real situation that I'm walking through, this very real circumstance? God, would you speak? I believe as we posture our lives to hear God speak, he will. So I don't know what God may have put on your heart this morning as we were in his word. But just like we always do, we're gonna have pastors up here. We would love the opportunity to pray for you in any way that we can. This altar is gonna be open. Maybe you just need to come and be with God and kind of surrender some of the things that you feel like he's leading you to do. Remember, as God through the Holy Spirit speaks, would we be obedient to what he says? Don't just keep it up here and go, yeah, I'll do something about that one day. Today is the day. What is it that God may be leading you to do? Leading you to change a posture in your life, a practice. Maybe you just come up here and say, God, I'm here to surrender this to you. Maybe you're here today and you'd like to talk to somebody about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Whatever way God's leading you, we're up here to minister to you and to pray for you. For the rest of us, will we just respond in whatever way he's leading as we worship today? Jesus, you're good to us. You speak to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you are not silent. Sometimes we just have to 
see through the noise to hear your still small voice. So speak loudly, Lord. We want to hear what you have to say and obey whatever it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together.